My dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, I have the enviable responsibility uh, as we conclude this day uh, to preach after all of our wonderful and amazing speakers today. And particularly, I'm the one who has to go directly after Mother Olga. So, (laughs) please pray for me. (laughs) But as was said as we were just beginning to prepare for Mass, what we do here now as part of this day is really the highlight of the day. And it is why each of us is here, and it's why you have come here today. Uh, Because of your love for the Eucharist, and because of your love for our Lord Jesus Christ, and your desire to draw ever closer to him. We are in the midst of this three-year Eucharistic revival here in the United States And it was indeed called for by the bishops of the United States. And I think for us as bishops, and I was present at that meeting when we voted on it, it was shocking to us to once again hear the results of a recent poll, which indicated that only about 30% of Catholics believe in the real presence in the Eucharist. 30%. Now, I don't know who these people are who don't believe, because I don't know those people. I don't think they're here today. They're generally not at any of the parishes that I visit in our diocese, to my knowledge. So I'm not sure who they ask the question to when they conduct these polls. What I know as your bishop is this, that during COVID, during the height of COVID, when we had to discontinue the celebration of public gathering for Mass for a period of time, what I know is that I received many, many letters and emails from you and from the faithful of our diocese, telling me, Bishop, we are hungering for the Eucharist. We're hungering for the Eucharist. When can we begin once again to celebrate Mass publicly and to receive the Eucharist at Mass? That's what I heard over and over and over again. So when I say to you, who are these people who don't believe? I suppose maybe they're out there, but they're not individuals that I regularly encounter in my life. But you do believe, and that is why you are here today. I have with me uh, a Bible, uh, which was given to me as a a Christmas gift by my mom and dad, Christmas of 1992. And uh, they wrote an inscription in the front. I won't read it to you, but it's something kind of personal to me. And um, signed it, Mom and Dad. 
And it's something that I have had uh, during my adulthood uh, as I began my formation uh, and entered into seminary and ultimately ordained as a priest. And one of the things I discovered was that when I preach, I often, often as possible, like to have the Bible, the Word of God, with me. And I noticed uh, earlier Father Tim, who was our first speaker, had the Bible with him, and he quoted some things from the Bible. I noticed, uh, of course, Dr. Bergsma uh, did some exegesis or study of the different verses from the Bible. I noticed uh, Curtis Martin at, at, our, at my table here had a Bible, and, and that thing looked like it had a few miles on it. So, <laughs> so I think he, he, he does more than put it on his coffee table at home. But I guess my reason for mentioning that is simply this. I also, today we're, we're celebrating the Eucharist, but we also always want to celebrate God's Word. And, and I encourage you as Catholics to, to study God's Word, and, and maybe even to, to bring your Bible to Mass with you. Um, I've often said that at the entrance to our, our Catholic churches, uh, there's no BDD, Bible Detection Device which goes off when a Catholic brings their Bible through the front doors uh, to Mass. So it's a, a good thing to, to bring with you to church and, um, you know, hopefully to read the readings before you actually come to Mass so you have a better understanding of God's Word for that particular Mass or, or celebration. So as we gather to, to celebrate the Eucharist, we also celebrate God's Word, which is alive and which speaks to us today. And when we look at the Word of God, and specifically today I want to focus on the Gospels, in the Gospels over and over and over again, we see how Jesus encounters people, encounters individuals in his day-to-day, in his daily ministry. And over and over and over again, those encounters end up being life-changing for those individuals. Life-changing. Look at the beginning of his ministry with the call of his first followers, his first disciples. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were fishermen. And they encountered the Lord. And the Lord said, come, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. And the scripture says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Peter and Andrew and the other disciples, come and follow me. A life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. How about somebody like Zacchaeus? Do you remember Zacchaeus? The, the, the little guy who had to climb the tree. I, I have a hard time relating to Zacchaeus myself. But he was the, the short, the man who was short in stature, so he climbed the tree uh, just so he could see Jesus as he was passing by. And what happens? He only wanted to kept, catch a glimpse of Jesus. But it was Jesus who saw him in the tree. And in that encounter, he said, I need to dine with you this day. 
a life-changing encounter. How about the woman at the well? What about that encounter? How about the woman caught in sin, in adultery, God's forgiveness? What about the repentant thief who was crucified next to our Lord? What about that encounter? I could go on and on and on with examples from Scripture about how the Lord encounters people and how that encounter leads to a life-changing, a transformational experience in their life. My dear friends, it is the same with us. This is an encounter of the Eucharist today. And on this very altar, the bread and the wine which is placed there will become truly the body, the blood, the soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have talked today so much about the Lord's presence. He will be truly present on this altar before us here this evening. How will today transform your life? How will this encounter today be transformational in your life? You know, I've been to, as probably you have, many church conferences, workshops, gatherings over the years. And they're all great, right? We go for a day or for a weekend, for a week. And at the end of it, everybody gives a nice golf clap, right? You know what I'm talking about. And then they go home. And what difference does it really make? This encounter today does not end. And it's very, very important how we will end this Mass and this day today. At the end of Mass, we will not give the final blessing and dismiss everyone as usual, but rather we will process with the Blessed Sacrament around this room, this ballroom. And then we will leave this place with the Eucharist, with our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will go outside. We will bring him out to the streets of downtown Tampa, for everyone who cares to behold, to behold our Lord. It's really symbolic, but also reality for us, that when we come to church, when we come to Mass, it doesn't end at the end of the Mass with the final blessing and the dismissal go in peace. That's really the beginning, isn't it? It is always my hope and prayer that the mystery, what we celebrate inside the four walls of a church at the end of Mass, transcend those walls and go out to our daily lives, where having received the Eucharist, we bring the presence, the love, the mercy of Jesus Christ to those who we will encounter in our daily lives. I am so grateful today for your presence here and for all who have made this day possible.
this encounter with our Lord. And again, I I pray that this is not the end, but this is the beginning of having encountered the Lord Jesus Christ and then taking him with us to live the life, to live the love, to live the forgiveness that he has called and created each of us to live. May God bless you.